But why are you looking into it? Out of curiosity? From DMSK, I'm Deepa Masuria, and you're listening to Thousand Miles, the podcast series documenting my journey starting a men's beauty company. No men's beauty. No men's care. Men's wellness. We really need to figure out the right term to use. Anyway, it's a business origin story no one tells you, using real behind-the-scenes discussions. Hey, uh, yeah, any opportunity that is given to you, you have to look at it. And... Mm. <clears throat> wait, 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 wait. You have to look at the opportunity. No, but... He's asking you to run it. He's well, asking he hasn't you to... asked me that. He hasn't no, asked but, me that. But, but, but... He's, He's asking you to run the operations in Canada? No, 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 no. By virtue of speaking to thousands of people a year and putting clips of his work online, Sean's developed his personal brand over the years. If you know him, or of him, he's the innovation guy. As his personal brand has grown, so have the number of random opportunities people present to him. I've never questioned these opportunities before, mainly because most of these opportunities aren't in line with where he sees our future. But as I'm finishing dinner, Sean tells me about an opportunity he might actually look into, which is what you're listening to right now. He wants me to be the face of it. Okay. So he basically wants me. I, this is. You would never phone. use the product, though. What's that? You would never use the product. No, I would never use the product. Then why would you be the face of it? So it's not a brand. It's not a brand face. It's a like you basically have, are the helm of the CEO position, and you you essentially. Um, you're the one on the investor calls. You're the one, like, you know, pushing the narrative of what we're doing. You're basically creating, like, awareness of what, what it's all about. And then people believe in that story. And that's it. That's, that's what... That's, he hasn't told me that outright, but I know what he's going for. Because this is what somebody else approached me with, too. Okay, and I... I understand why you're getting approached with yes. these kind of opportunities. I, and I know that too. But it's making me feel a little wary. Of what? Well, because every meeting that we have, you're like, okay, once this happens, then, it, then it's go time. That that means like, you know, it's going to be a lot of stuff. We got to keep moving. <clears throat> and so the fact that you like looking into these opportunities is a little concerning I to me. I just want to see what the... I, I, We've only just started GMSK. I just, I'm not, and even before starting, 99. you might remember me talking to Sean about his time being stretched be between his speaking stuff, DMSK, and our family. Because for me it's like, if you don't remember, go back to episode two. So, I already have concerns about Sean being stretched too thin, being involved in whatever he's involved with. Adding another thing to his plate when DMSK is in its infancy is making me question so, his commitment. Are you looking into it because you think that it will help us in our company? Absolutely. <laughs> or are you looking into it as in it might be a better opportunity? No. No, I'm... Because that's my concern. That's no, my concern. No, exactly a better opportunity. I'm, I'm thinking that I want to see. I'm not even thinking anything. I'm just looking to see what it is. Because to me, I like to push myself and understand things. I've never run a TS TSX Ventures company. 
I don't understand how it works. But it, it hasn't it hasn't gone on the TSX no, yet. No, but they're going to go on the TSX. So you get shares in something and you can... I, I understand that. Yeah. But I... I just want to see what it is. What? I just want to see what it is. Okay. He says he just wants to see what it is. And I know it's because that company is planning to go public, which he's never done before. He enfold himself into thinking that being the CEO face of the company isn't going to take that much time. But I know he's being naive. Taking a company public isn't a fun side project. It's a lot of work. Oh yeah, did I mention that Sean is also a partner of another company called YourMD out of Toronto? No? Well, he is. YourMD is a telemedicine platform in Canada geared towards men, so they can get healthcare online, instead of an in-person physician. I'm fine with his involvement in YourMD, because the target market between YourMD and DMSK are similar. I honestly think that all the things that, like, what I'm involved in now, which is, like, you know, you know, advising the UMD and what we're doing. There's like synergies, right? I understand the synergies between that one. Yeah, yeah. I do. And there's synergies between your MD and what these guys are doing. So, so. How steady? I've actually been looking into this because I'm like. By the way, I'm not the CEO of this company that we have. That's you. You're the CEO. I know. So, and as CEO, I need to be abreast of what's happening on the executive level of the team. <laughs> no, I know, but I'm just saying, like, I'm not, I'm not. As part of our research for DMSK, we found a lot of companies in the men's beauty space. Even large beauty companies like L'Oreal are offering men's products too. One of the collaborations they had was with David Beckham called House 99, which started in 2018, offering body and skincare products. House 99 is now discontinued. So something happened to them in the last two years, and we don't know what. If you look up House 99 online, you'll find a lot of articles about the company's launch, but you won't find anything about why they discontinued. You won't even find anything about the company being discontinued. They shut down the website, and that was it. No announcement. Just done. So Sean reached out to anyone and everyone from House 99 to see if we could buy their remaining inventory and assets. He basically just wanted to find out why they stopped operating. No one responded. But he likes the idea of a challenge, taking a poor performing company and rebranding them. Because one of the things I was thinking about was like, how do you take like a, I've been, that's why I was seriously looking at House 99, because I was like, first of all, I think what, what, I think my value, and that's why a lot of people see it is that, I can create like a vision, a narrative, etc. Right? That's why people are like, people believe in me, right? That's the that's the I know. piece. So one of the things I was thinking was like, I would love to I would love to run a company on the on like a stock exchange because I think I think um, the market is driven by energy and, and future. And when we go, but this on, is like a future thing, right? Well. Yeah, I mean, it's a future thing, I, but it was like, I was thinking about our company. I'm like, are you recording this? No, I, I was, just saying, I was saying, like, what if you could buy, like, 
What if you could buy like an old brand, like an old, an old brand on the TSX or on the New York Stock Exchange that's in the men's space, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. And then you go through a rebrand. They're already they already have like operations in place. You you revamp it to to uh, for an e-commerce model, and then you basically literally. My ah. You can literally inject. You can literally inject enthusiasm around an existing listing by being part of it. And 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 if you're part of a company, you have shares in this company in a in a in a uh, men's wellness and beauty company, and you're like, this is not going well. We're listed, we're not going well, our stock, our stock is like plummeting. How can we rebrand? How can we reimagine? And by the way, there's so many companies that are thinking about this already because that's all the companies I'm talking to, like how do we reimagine? How do we reinvent? How do we do this? And, and there's a reason why they're thinking that is because they have so many shares invested in their, in, in, so many options, so many shares, there's so many people invested in those companies, yet they're not doing well. So it's like, how do you, how do you become part of a rebrand story? This conversation has revealed a lot about the differences between my and Sean's desire for the future. On one hand, being able to successfully rebrand a company that's doing poorly based on Sean's experience and understanding of disrupting industries, because, well, he's the innovation guy, as well as running a company on a stock exchange, is big. He believes in himself and his capabilities. I do too. And I'm sure he wants to prove to himself that he can do it. So I can see why he's interested in looking at the opportunity he's being presented. They're planning to go public. But do I think gaining this experience is going to help DMSK? Not necessarily. Why? Well, Sean and I are really getting to the crux of this conversation. What is our ideal exit strategy for DMSK? Don't get me wrong, we've barely started. But ultimately, and something I've told clients before, is to have the end in mind. If we ever decide to stop working, hopefully DMSK will be worth something. Something we could sell. You could either sell it to a buyer, someone willing to take on the company and continue it for themselves, or you could put your company on a stock exchange, issue shares to the public, eventually change CEO, and exit that way. I'm obviously oversimplifying it, but that's basically the gist. We're not thinking about exiting in the next few years, of course. We know this company needs time to develop and grow. But it is worth knowing our opinions now for the future. I can understand why you want to do it. I didn't accept anything. No, I know. But listening to your your thought process, I understand why you would want to do that. Yeah, it's coming on. He wants water? Yeah. I, I just disagree with, with that approach. What approach? The approach of getting something that's already in existence that, you know, does poorly and then you want to take it, rebrand it, blah, blah, blah. And the reason I disagree with it is based on my experience both in being an M&A and selling companies and knowing how hard that is because to find the right match between a buyer and a seller is really hard to do. And two, um, having gone through like a, a merger 
right? I fully understand it is significantly harder to take something somebody else has done and try to fix it for your liking than it is for you to start something brand new. 100%. Which is why I I don't agree with it. Because I, I just know, like, fixing somebody else's work sucks. Right? You don't have the knowledge that they have. Babe, and nor the what, understanding of it, babe, right? That's what I did for my entire career. Which is why I don't understand why you would want to take somebody else's because, stuff and try to rebrand it. what's different here is that what you were doing was not companies traded on a, on, on a stock exchange. This is different. It doesn't matter if it's, it's traded or not, though. There is, there the is, essence of business is the same. It is, but what, what has happened over the last, I'd say, five years is that the market is all about the future. It's all about having the good fundamentals in place. But all, you could have the greatest fundamentals in place in the world. But if you're not getting people excited about what the future is holding and like some of the innovative things that you're doing, then you're not going to be able to capture market share. You're not going to be able to capture people's attention. So it's so much of that. Yeah, and I know there's a lot of showmanship around all that too. But why would you want? Why would you want to go public? Is my question. Why would we want to go public? Like, I don't want to go public. I know we've had this conversation before about, you know, if we were to have an exit strategy, there's either someone buys you out or you go public, right? Yeah. And I don't want to go public. What are we talking about? This is, of course, it's, it's not a... We, you're, we're talking about your potential aspirations to take on a company that's on the stock exchange first of all i think it would be an interesting learning experience in general so yeah we don't i mean i think most signs say you should not go public it's stupid too it doesn't make sense quarterly pr like investor relations it's like the fact that yeah and the fact that you now are an employee of a company that you made. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you kind of, like, become beholden to the company that you make anyways. No, but what I'm saying is, now you become the employee of the company that you made. Agreed. When you go public. Agreed. Right? Your your mindset, your expectations are, are different when you, when you have to try and show people who bought your shares. Agreed. But you're... But the f- like the vision of long term is no longer there. Disagree with that. But fi- financial people who buy shares, they care about the short term. They do, but if there is a solid execution plan for a long term vision, then you you know like Amazon lost money for ten years straight, like. Tesla lost, was losing money every year. It didn't make a profit for 20 years before it. Look at it now. There is an idea of you should not, uh, you know, it's a short-term game, but the people that actually play a long-term game and have a long-term focus around actually execution and creating something really great, the market will sort of reward you for it. Yes, I understand that. 
But when you go public, you no longer have that control over who is going to buy into it. So you can't select the long term vision buyers. You can entice them. That's what I mean, of course. But that doesn't mean that all the short term thinkers aren't going to buy your stock. Yeah, so, anyways, I'm always exploring. I'm always like, I'm looking at it. And, and yeah, I, I just know where my skill set lies. So. You know, the best thing that you can do is bet on yourself, right? If these guys told me, like, yeah, like, here's, we want to pay you six mil up front, like, okay, I, I would probably be like, okay, like, I'd have to think about it for two seconds. <laughs> because then you can reinvest that money into DMSK. So. I mean, that's the only way that's the only way I'd be like okay yeah you should look into it no and, and, and they're not gonna do that but, but uh, did Sean ultimately look into this opportunity I don't know I didn't actually follow up with him but I assume he did it doesn't sound like they offered him that six mil though Coming up in a future episode of Thousand Miles, Sean and I talk about fashion. Well, actually, what started out as a conversation about fashion ended up being a lesson from the Urban Dictionary. But you can't dress like that. You're on stage all the time. You can't wear sweatpants no, on I stage. No, I but I'd love to. You would love to wear sweatpants on stage? No, I'd love to just, like, have... I'd love to be more drippy, you know? I don't even know what drip means. Get drip? I don't even know what that means. Oh my god. Who says drip? And why? In what context do you say drip? I hope you like this podcast. And if you do, tell a friend, please subscribe, and leave a five-star rating. And talk to me on Twitter and Instagram, at Deepa And I'll talk to you soon on our next episode of Thousand Miles. Thousand Miles.